It's 742. Welcome to You and Your Money, sponsored by Weiss, Hill, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors. Today, our returning champ, Michael Baum, Vice President and Associate Financial Advisor at Weiss, Hale and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors. Hey, welcome back, Mike. Good to have you here. Always good to be here, Gary. So it's a good sign I didn't scare you away last time, so you're <laughs> back, and that always makes me feel good. All right, so uh, today we're going to talk about the five mistakes millennials millennials are making with your retirement accounts and what you can do to fix them. But before we get into that, let's do the highlight of the show. I know Mike really looks forward to this. Uh, what's the latest news from the market? What's going on? So Gary, financial markets here and abroad were down between 8 and 12% in September, totally wiping out any of those gains from that July and August bounce we had where things were kind of turning up for a minute. Um, the main driver behind that continues to be interest rates. So two weeks ago, when I was on the show with you, we talked about the anticipated Fed announcement of another 75 basis points uh, rate hike. And that increase did, in fact, come to pass, just as expected. And it was combined with a very hawkish press conference from Chairman Jerome Powell. And what I mean by that is um, the tone was was clear that he would continue, they would continue raising rates as long as necessary. Um, and that really put a little bit of a scare in the markets. Um, a significant pullback happened almost immediately as fears of a recession and continued higher interest rates persist. So investors have felt a lot of pain in the past several months, and the turbulence may not be over yet. Um, we'll be carefully watching signs of the economy slowing down and inflation moderating. That's the goal of the rising interest rates is to actually kind of slow things down and get prices back under check. Uh, so when those things happen, the expectation is the Fed will be able to shift policy a little bit and start moderating rates, which will allow for more growth in the markets. But it's interesting. We may already be at a point where the expectations are so depressed and so much of the risk is already priced into the market that there may be some opportunities emerging. So we'll be watching that consistently in our investment committee and making portfolio adjustments as needed. Uh, future returns after significant market pullbacks like this have typically been positive and yeah. sometimes significantly so. Um, so it's really important during times like these to remain focused on the long-term goals and not let the headlines shake your confidence. Yeah, good point. Uh, and, and, you know, you get to my age, too, and I, I, I don't get as worked up about these cycles as I used to. Right. And, uh, and and I've listened and paid attention to all of them. And big picture, uh, everything's on sale. Yeah. We're well, having and, a sale. And October started with a with a little rally. I don't know if it's just people yeah. think it was oversold at the end of the quarter, at the end yeah. of September. but. We had we just had the bat the best two days we've had since March 2020 in the markets actually yeah. <laughs> if you can believe that but okay. uh, I don't know if it's anything sustained yet we're, we're going to be watching it it might have just been another little little bounce but all right um, so again our topic uh, as I mentioned five mistakes millennials are making with your retirement accounts let's start let let's start with the basics millennials uh, just refresh my memory what's yeah. a, what's a millennial well I'm glad you asked it's important to kind of reset and, and remind yeah. people what that means because it's come to be a little bit of a derogatory term at times. Sadly. You know? <laughs> Sadly. I, I hate the intergenerational I, yeah. uh, stuff too. Of, we should all love each other. A lot of fighting so, out there. Yeah, That's I right. Know, but millennials get blamed for a lot, but <laughs> millennials, uh, yes. yeah, it's it's become descriptive of a culture. Rather I love than you, a, man. Just, I want you to know that. I love you, man, love even you though too, I'm Gary. older. Okay. So go ahead. Tell me yeah, about the millennials. Technically, anybody born between 1981 and 1996 is 81 a 81 to 96. Yeah. Okay. So 
this year, the oldest millennials are actually 41 years old. Yeah. So they're not, they're not kids anymore, but they grew up during the dot-com boom when technology drove the economy to new heights, yeah. you know, advances in technology and the internet. Um, but they also lived through the bursting of that bubble, the dot-com bubble in the early 2000s. And then, of course, the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. Um, you know, many were graduating college around that time or early in their careers and had a really hard time finding traction in their careers. And they might have incurred huge amounts of student debt. So they were really behind the eight ball uh, in an, an economy that was really shaky in what normally would be the years where you're starting to earn mm. good money, pay down your debts and, and you know, take off um, financially. So, so you guys were the leading edge of the big debt, the big uh, education debt. It kind of started probably yeah. with you guys, right? Uh, and, which is pretty uh, ubiquitous today. You hear that story all the time. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a tough go. I mean, the, the you know, hiring and, and um, starting salaries and things like that were yeah. just really uh, challenging. Yeah. So those experiences, experiences that I shared and, and, and my whole cohort shared, um, have altered the view of the economy and how to best negotiate it. So um, that's why there are certain investment behaviors that we're seeing a lot. And they're not unique to millennials, but they seem to be a little bit more prevalent with them. And unfortunately, a lot of those behaviors do more harm than good. All right. So let's get to it. Uh, What should millennials avoid when it comes to investing and saving for retirement? So the five mistakes I'm going to explain actually, again, apply to everyone, not just millennials, but they're a little bit more prevalent with millennials. So yeah. the, the first and perhaps biggest mistake is just not having a retirement account at all. So many, many millennials are heavily invested in cash. Um, they have a lot of money in savings accounts and CDs, but not so much in you know traditional mm-hmm. investments and, and the stock market. So history has shown that having a more diverse portfolio that earns more interest than a savings account is best for building wealth over the long term. What about 401k accounts? Aren't millennials taking advantage of them and investing in 401ks for retirement? Well, hopefully they are, and hopefully their workplaces are offering them. Um, But the second big mistake is that they're not maximizing the employer's matching contribution. So when you contribute to a 401k, a lot of times your employer will match what you're putting in to help boost your savings, either your entire contribution or up to a certain percentage of what you're putting in. And some millennials aren't taking full advantage of that, which means they're missing out on essentially free money from their employer. And that can amount to you know thousands of dollars over time. All right. So mistake one, uh, too much money hanging around in savings accounts rather than investing. Uh, mistake two, failing to maximize your employer's 401k matching. Uh, why are they so hesitant to invest? What's going on? Well, you know, if you look back and, and, and think about how the stock market got rocked in 2008 and 2009, yeah. um, similar to you know, what we've experienced for the bulk of 2022, yeah. um, it's not surprising that they've got a little bit of a fear of volatility in the stock market. And they, they think of it as a little bit more of a gamble um, than you know, it is over the long haul. So that's really the, the, biggest, the third biggest mistake they need to overcome is um, understanding that a paralyzing fear of volatility can be really counterproductive. And it may prevent you from creating a robust retirement fund in the long run. So stocks produce a good return over the long term if the investor has goals in mind and plans with a sound financial strategy to reach their goals. So uh, how they uh, how are we doing in financial planning then? I mean, are they thinking about it? What's going on? Do they need help here? Yeah, yeah, they really do. So the fourth biggest mistake I would say is that they're investing blindly. Those who do invest, they you know they throw some money in a 
you know, an E-Trade account and they pick a few stocks that they know that they're familiar with, but they don't build a financial plan. They don't build a diversified portfolio. Um, You know, they may be overly saturated in one segment of the market, like tech stocks or, you know... um, Right. You, know, you know, the internet of things. Um, well, so. if they're apprehensive to begin with, I, I can kind of see how they'd be a little nervous, yeah. right, doing yeah. that. No, it is totally understandable. Um, and, and over a short period of time, they've seen a lot of turmoil in the economy and in the world. So yeah. it makes sense, given their experiences, why they have these apprehensions. So um, they've seen, you know, more changes uh, economically than their boomer predecessors have. So, again, not to not to start a, a, a generation <laughs> war here, but... Yeah. Uh, Truly, they've, they've been through some tough times, and um, there's a lot of confusion and, and uncertainty for them about how to move forward. So that's where having a sound financial plan can really help ease their concerns. And whether they're just starting out in the job market or already have a strong career, it helps discuss the investment strategies and their retirement plan with a financial advisor. And that's going give, to give you the confidence that not only do you have a strong financial plan, but you have a strong strategy that your financial partner can help manage and adjust as markets and your own circumstances change. And that's the fifth big mistake that millennials are making, not working with financial advisors to maximize their investments and their overall strategy. Uh, Because they're relatively young, they do have time on their sides to invest and and let their money grow. They can take a little bit more risk as a result. Uh, You know, if there's a dip today, they've got years to watch that recover and then, you know, hopefully reach new heights. So maintaining a diverse portfolio can help mitigate the risk and also take advantage of opportunity for greater returns. All right. Good information uh, there, Mike. Thank you so much. If you'd like to help in creating a strategic financial plan, you can reach out to Mike and the rest of the team at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors. Call 860-928-2341, info at whzwealth.com if you want to send an email, or contact them at whzwealth.com. Good job today, Mike. Hey, thanks so much, Gary. Always a pleasure. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors offer securities and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street, Pomfret Center, Connecticut. Again, 860-928-2341. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors, go to whzwealth.com. So you're a millennial. I sure am. Uh, video games, is that a big part growing up? Did you have a game console at home? You know, what did you have? We, we, I was always jealous. For the, for the most part, we didn't have video games yeah. in the home until probably you know, I was in my early teens. Yeah. And, and then we finally got like Nintendo 64 and that Whoa. was a big deal. But Whoa. I mean, for the, <laughs> for the longest time growing up, I was just like yeah. always jealous of those kids who had Nintendo, <laughs> original Nintendo, Super yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you remember like the internet coming into the house, right? Or oh, dial yeah. up, dial, dial up, up internet. <laughs> yep. Right. That was yeah. a big deal when it, that It was came. huge. Yeah. And I yeah. remember that, that sound, unforgettable sound. <laughs> And right. then trying to muffle that sound when I was going online late at night. You know, I didn't want to wake up my parents. So, I love yeah. that. I love that. That's uh, that's really good stuff. But millennials, uh, and I guess technically I'm a boomer, but I'm so late. I'm, I was born at 
the yeah. end of the. I don't. You, you I don't have those boomer vibes, Gary. I, I don't feel that. like a boomer. You know, <laughs> uh, I've heard people say um, uh, I was I wasn't old enough to go to Woodstock, for example. So right. I don't feel like I was really. I'm, I'm a boomer. I've heard the phrase Brady Boomer, and I get mm. that. That means we were kids in our pajamas watching the Brady Bunch and the Partridge Family on a Friday night. Uh, that's that's so the young the younger end of the boomer. Yeah, yeah. way at the yeah, end. Yeah. So anyway, Mike, thanks. Good conversation here today. <laughs> it's seven fifty four. Good morning. W-I-N-Y Community Radio